welcome to The Villain Was Right, the podcast where we look at movies and TV shows from the villain's perspective and dare to ask, were they really all that bad? I'm your host, Craig Fay, And I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. And this week on the podcast, it is time for another uh, audience choice episode, and we are handling Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You guys voted, and this was the one that you wanted us to do for April, so here we are. Uh, wolf, Mr. guys. Fucking wolf. Oh, man. <laughs> man, Brad alive. Pitt. Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> you know what's you crazy? <laughs> I actually remember, I remember thinking this movie was okay the first time I saw it. I remember thinking, ah, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't bad. I don't think I'm going to watch that again, but that wasn't bad. And this, this next watch through, I was like, how, how did this get made? How, like, what's going on? This movie's insane. Uh, yeah. Yeah, my feeling of it again that that first time was same as yours. This is fine. Yeah. And watching it through this time, it 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 wasn't that I disliked it. I was just kind of bored by it. Mm. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I was just like, oh yeah, another action sequence I don't particularly care about. Another set of dialogue I don't care about. Now we're in a new place. I don't care. Like I just, I just found myself not caring about any point, anything in this movie. That's so was, funny. Yeah. <laughs> All I kept thinking is, man, I forgot how hot Angelina Jolie was for a period of time. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So Angelina Jolie normally doesn't do it for me. Don't get me wrong. I understand she's a very attractive woman and all the rest, mm -hmm. but something about her just... She has a very severe face, I find. I, like, she is... Yeah. She looks like she would have a very stern personality, and I don't necessarily find that the most attractive. Yeah, there, there's something about her where I'm like, you're not my top 10. Let's put it that way. But this no, movie... No, but still hot. Undeniably yeah, hot. This movie, holy shit. Like, that was the one thing I was constantly aware of was how hot both of them are. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that I think is most of the appeal of this movie is just Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt looking so fucking hot the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what this movie was because it was surrounded by paparazzi the whole time. Right. And this is the one where famously uh, Brad Pitt cheated on, uh, uh, Jennifer uh, Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. That's what started Brad, Brad and Angelina. Uh, yeah. oh. which is like the one piece of pop culture knowledge that I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So here we, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about, uh, the villain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, first let's, let's go over to, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, uh, basically what it's about is, uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, right. Are, I guess the plot is really simple. They're assassins. They <laughs> are married to each other. They don't know it. They both get sent to kill the same person. Um, figure out that they're both assassins and then spend the rest of the movie trying to kill each other until they decide they don't want to and then they try and kill the people that set them up to kill each other. Right? Does that pretty much... Yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. A lot of killing. <laughs> yeah. The thing to note here are these are two assassin killers. Okay. Right. These so are, two, these are our villain? heroes, apparently. These people that go around murdering other people. <laughs> You know what I mean? And it's like, they're supposed to, like, they allude to the fact that it's supposed to be, like, some sort of, like, we're, we're almost a little selective. Like, 
this guy sold a lot of guns to some bad people. And I'm like, oh, do you just mean the government? Like, what do you, that's, that's so not specific. Or, or do you mean a shadowy organization of assassins? <laughs> yes. Like, look in the mirror, y'all. It's, the villain is you. <laughs> so who do you clock as the, the villain in this? Well, I believe the villain is the um, the two organizations, essentially. Right. It's like them versus these organizations. That's supposed to... Okay. <sighs> <laughs> I hope That's you get a mention. That's supposed to be the twist of the movie, right? That it was these two organizations the whole time colluding together, getting this done. And I'm like, that's such a bad... It doesn't do anything to the plot line. It's such a weird thing that they've kind of used to be like, okay, this is, we've used this as a vehicle to explain these things, but it's loose. Okay. It's real loose. We're going to have Adam Brody come in. He's going to have two minutes of screen time. That's it. Two minutes total of screen time. We're not going to feel any compassion for this character. He has no background. He doesn't mean anything to anybody. Okay. He doesn't even, he just gets kidnapped and tells them exactly what is going on like there's no intrigue or subterfuge or anything like that and, he's just yeah, like and here's they're targeting the to kill you is that if if they had have peppered in a lot more adam brody if they had have been like okay we're gonna make this guy seem like he's the bad guy you know what i mean like seem like this is a this is something really important. This needs to get done. If we get this guy back, then we're we're money. We're we're back in business. They're not going to try and kill us. But I at no point felt that way because they'd given him so little screen time that I was like, of course it's you know what I mean. Of course it's not uh, it's not him. This is a setup very clearly because this guy means nothing to us. Yeah, we see him at the beginning and then, like for I, as you said, two minutes right at the end. Like we know that he's working some job and then he shows up and gets kidnapped by Angelina, uh, Julie and Brad Pitt. Uh, that's it. That's it. We, we don't care about him at all. And the villains that we are supposed to, the ultimate villains, we never see. And they're actually just big faceless organizations. Which I'm um, always on board for in the sense of uh, I do find faceless organizations villainous, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> I can I can understand that. Yeah. But yeah. it's uh, – I do think mm, – I do think in this instance it would have been nice to have one head villain or somebody being, you know, some sort of a voice to this. Or maybe we get to see the guy behind the door at the end or something. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, because I feel like they set that up, didn't they? Yes. We had no closure on that. Apparently, they wrote a shit ton of endings for this movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, apparently, they just landed, they, they wrote a ton of them, and they just landed on this one, and they were like, okay, this is the best version of this. I also read something about how they were trying to get a sequel going, but none of the scripts seemed original enough to warrant a second <laughs> movie. And I was like, did this one? <laughs> Are we putting these up to the same standards? I mean... It it, there is something unique about, like, the idea isn't terrible where you go, international assassins find out that they're married to each other, right? Mm. There's, there's, there's something there in terms of, like, lying to somebody in your relationship and not really showing who you truly are in order to keep up appearances and, 
you know, that of course is why things don't work out. So there's like, I actually wrote down like this whole thing is a metaphor for divorce, right? No, absolutely. It is. That's where he got the idea from was from uh, therapy sessions. Oh, really? Yeah. The writer (laughs) actually used the therapy sessions. as the jumping off point. It's much more about dysfunctional marriage than it is assassins. Right, 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 right. Um, And I mean, so so like the ideas aren't bad. It's just like what they did with them. It just felt like, I I mean, it just felt like generic action, you know? Here's the thing is that, and I read a review that said the, basically the saving grace of this movie is the chemistry between Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt's character. Sure. I, I honestly, I would agree with that. Okay, I do find this is a good performance. I do believe it. I mean, was it acting? Who knows? <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was a couple times where like they were looking at each other with like the "I want to fuck you" eyes, and I was like, I don't think that's, I don't think that's uh, acting there. I think they were, uh, they were really into each other at that point. Oh yeah, I mean, put either of those two in front of me during that time, and I'm like, yeah, let's. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have any problem getting that scene done either, my friend. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you so you have these two characters. Here's my ver- my basic problem with this. Uh, how okay. My problem with assassin and spy flicks and these sorts of action things, or action movies, sequences, these sorts of things, is I can't stand when I'm watching two characters just constantly get lucky. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. It felt like a lot of this was less skill-based and more luck-based, and I root for those characters a lot less. Because I don't feel like you've earned, you know what I mean? Not that I'm saying they deserve to die. That is not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying it's more satisfying for me to watch characters do what they do really well. Because I'm supposed to believe that these two people have killed an astronomical, like, you know, I think, how many people does Angelina Jolie kill? I think she says like 360 something. Oh, Jesus. Right? Really? So she's killed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's killed a shit ton of people. Okay, and we're supposed to believe that she's going to get like kind of clumsy throughout this and we're going to make some mistakes and stuff. I'm like, she's already killed so many people. We're making small mistakes that don't make any sense. How on earth would they ever get married without doing two background checks on each other? Yes, that's that's the dumbest that I was like, you could drive a Mack truck through that plot hole, man. You're telling me (laughs) that she brought. Fake parents. She got a she got a dude, and he's like, yeah, I knew that guy was from like Love Island or something. I think he says he's like, I could tell he was an actor, and it's like, okay, so this is literally what you do for a job. What you do for a job is be is kill people and be suspicious. Okay, yes. those are your two qualities. Okay, and neither of you were suspicious of the other one. Not even to do like a like a very you have the tools, you have the equipment. You didn't look up a photo of this broad's parents? Are you out of your mind? Or even on top of that, where it's like the whole thing it, it, the reveal at the end is that these two organizations figured out that they were married to each other. Yes. Right? It's like, 
You're that, terrible that's after, agent. Five, that's after five years. Five you're the worst assassins ever. Yeah, we're not going to check, oh, oh, you're married to a Russian spy or you're married to another organization. Um, you'd think that they would be checking that all the time. Exactly. Um, so like if I had given, if they had given me a little more context of like, okay, so this is how I buried my identity or this is how I created right. this new identity and why when you looked things up, like whatever, you could have given me a two minute scene that would have explained why these two people didn't look into each other or that they did and what they found made sense and da 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 Right. Da. They're both really good at covering their tracks. Exactly. But that wasn't the case what their version of covering tracks is it's like ooh, look at brag pitt's character remember to put his ring on every time what a spy <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and <laughs> there's so many things here that don't light up like first of all um regardless about being international spies or or anything like that there's a point where angelina jolie's character is leaving the house and she goes, a server went haywire downtown and I've got to go check it out. So she's leaving the house at night after regular business hours and she gets dressed up as a dominatrix and is putting on perfume. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like That is cause for suspicion beyond... <laughs> She's at least An cheating assassin. on you. <laughs> she is at least cheating on you. Like you know if, what I mean. I'd be checking some text messages or something. <laughs> exactly. If your spouse is like, I just need to go downtown to do some work. Spritz, spritz. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's like cover it up a little better. You know what I mean? Go leave in sweatpants and a and a hoodie, or and go to a third location to change. You know what I mean? Change in the car. Like, don't get all dressed up to to run out to do emergency stuff and, like, spritz yourself with perfume. That's so suspicious. Oh, yeah, and she wears the fishnets to the party after, like... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She puts a new dress on. You know what I mean? Like, it's like when you watch these mistakes, and I know, like, they, they're supposed to add charm and intrigue and kind of like, ooh, like, we could get caught at any moment or whatever. But it's like, I, I think I would rather watch good people do what they do well. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I would rather see them, even if I don't agree, because I don't agree with these characters. These people are assassins, okay? Right. Do I... <laughs> As far as the villain goes of the two organizations, do I do I think they're villainous organizations? Yes, obviously. Okay, you're contract killers, okay. Do I think the decision to kill these two people is the most evil? No. No. And I yeah, thank you for bringing that up because the point I wanted to make was you kind of have to use moral relativism here, right? to explain away these actions. So like if if our heroes are assassins and we're supposed to be rooting for them despite the fact that they are assassins, mm-hmm. we have basically given them a pass on murder. So we've decided that in, in the world that they're in, mm-hmm. murder is not wrong, let's say, or murder is not uh, or, black and white. There, or at there least are, the you can murder other murderers. 
Right. There is some that other That seems mor- to be the precedent set it here. It's set there's here. Is there's that- some other moral standard that's being used other than just murder is wrong, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and so did did those companies do anything out of line? No. If their business is killing bad people, mm-hmm. um assassins are bad people, therefore they didn't do anything wrong by ordering them to be assassinated, you know? Plus you gotta, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know any assassins personally, but <laughs> That's what you think, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but if I was an assassin, I would also probably be very aware of the possibility that that is the way I'm going out. Occupational hazard mm-hmm. for sure. Absolutely. Plus, they they gave them essentially set them up for the opportunity to kind of well they they wanted them to destroy one or the other right yes that's essentially the pawline of this is that they've set them up so that they'll attack each other which is their job right okay. um and they've given them kind of a sporting chance in the sense of like okay one of you can come out of this. But instead they go, you know what? It's it's zero or two. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand that decision to, like, stay together. I would get the fuck out. Because like, you'd think that's what they'd be trained to do, too, right? Is cover is blown. Um, my life is in shambles. Get the fuck out. I've got a, a way out. That's what I'm saying. These guys are bad assassins. <laughs> <laughs> they do not follow the rules. <laughs> They're not doing this right. I mean... To I, I would like to discuss what uh, another moral thing in this movie because it's something that I couldn't mentally get past myself. Sure. For six years, both of these people, okay, each of these people have believed that the other one is just a normal individual. Yes. Why would you do this? <laughs> Why would you put someone else a in the line of fire? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like your your um your spouse could get killed at any moment just because of you. Right. Okay. Uh you, you've uh you've lied to this person completely. You haven't been truthful about who you are, what you're doing. None of it's true. Okay. None of it. I, aside from the specs of your personality throughout normal conversation, the rest of it isn't true. And for some reason you think this is fine. Mm. These are our heroes, by the way. These are our heroes <laughs> of the story. They have bamboozled and tricked the only person they love. And well, they think that that's normal and fine. Well, the, the point that I would make is there are certain professions, very reputable professions, like let's say a doctor, right? Where there are things that you can't tell your spouse about what you do, right? Okay. A, a doctor, a lawyer, um, you know, let's say you work for the government and you have like, or the, or the military and you have top secret clearance, right? Mm-hmm. So there, there are people who are in relationships, uh, who cannot tell their spouse certain aspects of what they do with their life. Right. And I wouldn't say that that is bad. I think that's just the rules of that profession. So I, I, I to that point, I would argue they are both just following that rule where, these are the aspects of my life that I have to keep hidden or these are the aspects of my life uh, that uh, I have to lie about. What I do for a living, 
for example, um, where I was. Yeah, but it felt more like they used each other as cover. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is a certain... Uh, well, and that's kind of how they start off too, right? Is we show them meeting in Colombia and they're basically just like, oh, the police are looking for someone who's single. So mm-hmm. we're going to go and pretend like we're together, which I don't know how they coordinated that other than just seeing each other at a bar. Uh, but they're using each other right away. I think the subtext is, is that even though they're using each other, they do actually like each other. Yes. Well, obviously that is the the thing that they've fought through all of these, you know, um, literal and metaphorical obstacles to get to where they want to go, but it's neither of them ever feel like good people to me. Oh, it's probably the assassinate. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think it might be the assassinate. But neither of them feel like great people to me, so it just feels like, oh, it's good they ended up together because they're both shitty. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt. I was like, oh, good. You you guys deserve each other. Good for that. They're both shitty and hot and killed a whole bunch of their coworkers. Uh <laughs> yeah, they killed up. Bunch. They. That's a. That's a great way to say that, Craig. Coworkers. They work Your with freaking these coworkers. <laughs> um, some of them were all right people. Okay. Probably They've some of them been... were Vince Vaughn. You know. Um... <laughs> Vince Vaughn plays the same fucking person. The fast talking has... sleazeball. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's one gear, and he uses that gear. He uses it well, though. You got to give it to him. That's it's, true. Um, it's One, good every time. I never, I never hate seeing Vince Vaughn in a movie, but I'm like, I know what it is already. Yeah, and a funny thing about seeing Vince Vaughn in this was, I, I think Vince Vaughn is a pretty big celebrity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You oh, see yeah. him in movies, and you're like, yeah, oh, Vince Vaughn's in this. But as soon as I saw him in a scene with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, I was like, you are. Uh, you're fighting beyond your weight class here. Like you, oh, yeah. <laughs> like one of these things is not like the other. Like, <laughs> I don't know, like Brad Pitt and Vince Vaughn together in a scene is such a weird combination of careers. You know what I mean? Yes, it, it really is. I mean, Brad Pitt, like what, what, did, what I, I just watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm like, oh my God. Like, he, this guy is, he can do whatever. Yeah, he can, action, comedy, drama. Um, has he won an Oscar? I feel, or at least been nominated, you know, like all these things. And then there's, you know, Vince Vaughn, who, <laughs> you know, Ben Stiller's sidekick or something like that, or, you know, <laughs> throw him in a movie oh, yeah. with a Wilson brother and we'll have a, a, a hit. And they're like, him with the two hottest people in Hollywood right now. Let's try it. Let's try it. Yeah, this very much feels like an uh, an afternoon movie. Do you know what I mean by that? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, like there's well, you're not there's gonna waste a... an evening on this. No, like I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna put that kind of pressure on myself like on this movie. That's insane. This is very much like an afternoon. It's it's like a movie I would watch if I had. You know what I mean? It, you remember when you only had cable and you yeah. turn on a movie in the middle of the afternoon? You'd be like, well, I guess. Yeah, why not? Why not keep this on? This is fine. And I'll walk through the kitchen and I'll get a glass of water and I won't worry about missing anything. Because you haven't. Because you haven't missed anything. If somebody calls, I'll take it, you know? Yeah. 
That is if, very much the vibe of this movie to me. Yeah, if my it's girlfriend comes home. It's on after the price home, is right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll turn it off if there's something better that comes up. But like, if it's a nighttime movie, you've made that commitment. That's what oh, you're God. doing for the night. I would never, I knew what I was getting into. Yesterday, I watched this at like one in the afternoon. <laughs> I was like, this is the time for this movie. The 1 sun PM. needs to be up. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, can't, can't be sleepy. And another point I would like to make about these, uh, especially Angelina Jolie's character, she seems to have less uh, or at least little regard for civilian lives. Mm. If you know that, like, she's like literally strapping bombs to Brad Pitt and be like, hey, go into this crowd that I just caused. There's a bomb in your jacket. If anybody's close to you, they will also die. Good luck. That's true. Yeah, that's You're not absolutely- that's not a good character. You know what I mean? That's not the hero of this story. That is us. In my opinion, this movie is very much just watching a bunch of villains. I, uh, yeah. No, that's an excellent point. And, and and to the innocent bystander thing, I really think like that's something that if you, you okay, uh, let me backtrack a bit because as I was saying, I was kind of bored by some of the action sequences in this, right? Because I'm like, of course you can, it, were they well done? Yes. Was it well choreographed, well acted? Of course. But the problem is, is that like, because I've seen everything, it can get a little boring sometimes. You know what I mean? Because anything is possible Therefore, it's boring because I know you can do anything. Mm. But I think what you need to do to really bring back the suspense and like um, nail-biting aspect of action scenes is bring back that threat of um, collateral damage or innocent bystanders, right? Where that's actually, those are the stakes, You know, yes, absolutely. And at no point is that addressed. Like it's really like literally there's a whole scene where Brad Pitt takes his neighbor. Okay. And uses him as a human shield against his wife. He brings him in first (laughs) into the door. Okay. He doesn't give a shit about this man. Okay. This man is not involved. He is just his neighbor. They also steal his car and some other shit. I feel real bad for this guy, okay? <laughs> but mainly, I feel the worst because he brings him in first to the house to use as a human shield. Okay, that is, that's that's lunacy, man. You can't. That's low. That's low. And, oh, and, man, that's real low. And the car chase scene, right? Like, like not to be a downer, but if you get in an accident <laughs> on a highway, just a regular accident, there's a good chance that somebody could die right? At highway speeds. So like they're going around and cars are doing like flips and like there's explosions on the highway and everything like that. It's like, like some dude in his Toyota Corolla is, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Like he's fucking smashing into a wrecked BMW and he's going to be in intensive care. It's like, like, I think, I think things like that could be so much more thrilling if this, if they establish that there's innocent people there that you can't hurt, otherwise that's wrong. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can show a good, cool car chase where cars are flipping and exploding and everything like that, but the fact that you don't care about all this extra damage kind of takes it away from me. You know what I mean? No, I think that's a great point. I think if they cared about the people around them, it would kick this movie up 
several notches, and it would make me root for the characters more. Right, because I think you mentioned, like, oh, we only kill bad people. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't, did they ever explicitly say that? Here's the thing. It's it's implied. It's not, it's it's never firmly said, and that's why I don't believe that that's, I think they're just contract killers. They just take, like, they're like Vince Vaughn. He's like, I don't get out of bed for anything less than half a million dollars. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I think that is the general opinion of all of these people. I don't think he is particularly worse than the others. It's so I do amount. believe it's yeah it's about dollars it's about how much money can we make but I think the writing is implied like it's they pepper it in a bit up front about like Angelina Jolie says oh you've sold a lot of big guns to a lot of bad people so then the implication is we're watching somebody bad die and then we see these guys uh, Brad Pitt's character goes for these guys in a poker room and we're supposed to because it's a seedy area and it doesn't sure. look good and these guys don't talk very well. We assume that they are bad men. This guy's named Lucky. Mm, okay, grown man named Lucky. Probably not a great guy. You know what I mean? Um, you're either the worst guy or you're the best guy if you're named Lucky that old. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like you're, you're, there's no middle of the road Luckies. You're either the happiest puppy dog person yeah. Ever in existence, you're, or you're called a lucky horrible murderer. You've lost uh, two legs and an arm, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're still kick. You know, like uh, yeah, exactly. Or you're an assassin who wears dice around his uh, his neck, kind of thing. But yeah, and, and so and, the two that they've shown us are supposed to make us feel like the these two people are only killing bad people. Right. Which Otherwise, me- they would have shown us somebody like okay or like somebody's dad or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Exactly. And that leads very well into the next point I wanted to make, which was I find it so ridiculous when, when the, pre, the, the supposition of movies, the thing that you have to accept right off the bat is that there are these very large, very complicated um and well, well financed, well managed assassin companies, right? Yes. <laughs> like, like they have. We see that Vince Vaughn has like an automated text message system where he gets a hit put out on his alarm clock, and he goes, "Oh, four hundred thousand dollars for that, or whatever." We see that they have office buildings in downtown. We see that they have all this technology. And like, don't get me wrong, I'm not naive enough to think that there aren't people out there who make a living killing people. But I don't think that there is such a demand and so many bad people who need to be assassinated and are assassinated every year that you could found more than one assassin's company off of this, right? And, and to build up that, and then without notice either. You know what I mean? Like, I can't yeah, I mean, past I'm, that. I'm willing to buy into it. You know what I mean? If you if these are the facts that are being presented in the front end of this movie, I'm okay with that. I can okay. buy into this. I can buy into the world. Okay, I I'll allow myself to buy in. But what I have problems with is when you give me these characters and you tell me that the best and they've survived so much and neither of them do. This woman has knives in her oven, but she didn't Google her husband. Like what? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, <laughs> 
that that I I, I have a problem with because See, it it's when it's contradictory to the world that you've put me in. That's when I have a problem. Right, and I guess my biggest problem, and I have the same problem with John Wick, is that there's infrastructure. Right, like. <laughs> oh, I love John Wick. See, this yeah. is why. This is but, why I have no problem with this. <laughs> but like, like in John Wick, for example, there's the Assassins Hotel where there's enough mm-hmm. assassins operating at any one time in a city that it needs a a governing body. It needs a hotel. It needs, and I feel like Mr. and Mrs. Smith also buys into that same world, right? Yeah. Where there's clearly two organizations that they both work with. Those organizations compete with each other. Uh, Angelina Jolene has killed 300 some odd people in her five or six years that she's been with Brad Pitt. Yeah. Right. Like, do you realize what an insane murder rate that is? Like if those are all important people or important people in organized crime, how would that never get noticed? <laughs> how like i'm willing no point, to buy in all right all right you buy i'm willing that. i'm willing to buy in but again yeah like because here's the thing is that a lot of these movies like like john wick is a great example okay i believe john wick is a movie that knows what it is okay it says hey sure. sit down put your feet up turn your brain off well, let's watch some shit it's a brain off movie sure yeah absolutely. yes absolutely and it's as long as you just Allow yourself to buy in as long as you go, okay, these are all reasonable things that I can buy into into this universe. That's fine. These are the rules of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, oh my God, the pop, what a great, what a great way to get me to hate those people. <laughs> oh, what? The killing of the dog? Yes, of course. What a, what a way to buy everybody. In. You know, what's funny. I, whenever I think of uh, movies and situations like that and how much people will immediately um, be more on board or more worried about an animal in a movie than any other human casualties, anything like that. I remember one time when I was in school, we watched the movie Twister. And I was pretty young at the time, probably too young. I don't know why we were watching Twister, but uh, we were watching Twister. And I remember so- science course back when that movie came out. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, honestly. And there was a there's a scene where like the dog kind of gets out and is like okay. Yeah. And I remember that there was audible noise in my class about like a almost like a a full group sigh of relief that this dog was okay. <laughs> and I just thought it was the weirdest concept because I was sitting there and being like, okay, nobody cared that. that everybody else was fine. <laughs> They just needed that dog to be okay. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a weird thing that we have. Because I think you know that the, the the humans are actors, but the dog doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> like oh, That is true. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's yeah. a strange thing. Being a yeah. stage dog must be fucking weird. <laughs> must be really weird. I always yeah. thought that and elevators must be weird for dogs. Oh, yeah, for sure, because it just opens up. You know what I mean? They're they're in a different spot. You're just on a different floor now. You're like, oh, man, (laughs) this is some serious technology. Or for our cat, when he gets, he's gotten to wanting to get out into the hallway of our apartment building. And, Mm -hmm. like, think about what a mind fuck that is for him. He spends his entire life in an apartment. And then he's like, I want to get out this magical door. And then it's just another room filled with other doors that you were just trying to get out of. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, can you imagine, like, 
flying up into an airplane and then like seeing the same city just repeated over and over and over again, like, like 16 CN towers. And you're like, Oh shit. Like my, my view of reality is not what I thought it was. That's what I picture the cat doing. I may be projecting a little. That is, that's (laughs) chilling. Craig, you need to start, you need to keep those thoughts to yourself. (laughs) Cause now I'm going to think about it. Now it's going to haunt me. Oh God. Uh, but one thing that really, I, I am, I'm sorry, I'm going to go back to this one more time that really bothers me about this movie is the infrastructure. So, <laughs> and this isn't the only spy movie where you see this, where, uh. where they've got these hidden ca- gun cases, right? And they hit a secret button and it like slides out on hydraulics and it's all lit up and like the guns are all displayed well. Like, you know what I'm talking about there, right? Mm-hmm. How the fuck do you get that installed in your house without your normal spouse noticing? You know what I mean? That's not a simple thing to install. Like that thing's hidden behind the wall. You're going to have to take out some drywall. You know what I mean? It's powered. Oh, yeah, it's lit. But I think... You're going to have to run electricity to it. The thing runs on hydraulics. So you're going to have to like build up and reinforce that wall so it can support the thing. Why on earth wouldn't you just have a locked case hidden underneath a shelf somewhere in your basement. <laughs> it accomplishes the same thing. <laughs> Doesn't require a building permit to install. Uh, easy to I get I have to. no answer for that. And who, who replaces those light bulbs? Like it's lit up. If the light bulb burns out in your little assassin case, Who's maintaining this thing? If oh, I no, I think they're maintenance people. Uh, but that's what I mean, infrastructure. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you're living with somebody who you're supposed to be hiding the fact that you're an assassin from. And you're like, honey, you need to be out of the house Tuesday between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. because there's oh, a yeah, maintenance Oh, yeah, you know they're not showing coming. up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I waited here all day for my gunsmith or gun safe smith to show up to replace a light bulb. Oh my god! Yeah, like, no, that would be look, Angelina. Jolie. I mean, I can kind of buy into the reality of like, okay, these both of these characters are out of the house all the time. So, like, I can reasonably believe that they could get something <laughs> installed in their house because, like, these people sound like they're like traveling to like Canada and shit for like a week or two or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like you have the time to get these things installed, but I will agree that it does seem impractical. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Another thing that really bothered me about this movie is the point at which they both arrive at home and they have this huge shootout and that turns into them having sex, which is its own problematic thing. The fact that they are so mixing up uh, violence and sexuality is, I mean, that's their thing. But... (laughs) Right after that, the neighbors call the police because they hear a racket. They have heard gunshots. They have heard things exploding. They have heard, uh, you know, furniture being destroyed. Like, they were making noise. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. The neighbors show up at the door, and they have the cops with them. And they both answer them in their, like, underwear being like, we were just having really wild sex. But they are both beat up. You know what I mean? They are bloody. They are bruised. And the police are just like, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) No, I think that checks out, actually. 
<laughs> Have you ever called the police? <laughs> no, but like gunshots <laughs> to bloodied and bruised people. That to me know. is like if you if they're already there, I feel like you need to step in a little bit. Oh no, absolutely! I, I wouldn't say yes, but I, I as a plot hole point, I'm like eh, I could believe it. All right. <laughs> You know what I mean? You, you hear a lot of crazy things coming out of America. You, <laughs> I could buy in a bit. You know We're what I mean? I don't think it's that crazy, but maybe it is. Who knows? It's uh, not, every day I'm proven wrong. So <laughs> It's not our... We didn't have a shootout in our house. We were just having gun foreplay. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's, oh, that's yeah. your constitutional right. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I really... I just... Yeah, I don't feel for these characters at all. I will say I do find a sex scene believable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, honestly, probably that's probably got to be the hottest sex ever. You ever have a fight and have sex afterwards? Uh, uh, yeah, okay, so like angry sex, makeup sex kind of, yeah, sure. Yeah, so if you're an assassin and you're desensitized to this point, like, <laughs> that's got to be some good shit. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> It's got to be some top shelf sex. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's also Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, so you're kind of rooting for them to be doing that the whole time. Um, oh my god! Imagine this movie if it was just like, who am I trying to like? I, I want Danny DeVito and somebody. <laughs> That's actually, who I want. I don't know who the woman is. Well, Danny DeVito, and Rhea Perlman would actually be a fucking funny version of this movie and i think it would be the right one <laughs> it would have been the one they should have went with because honestly you make this with two characters that are they have a lot of physical comedy to them i'm i'm buying into this 100 percent. yeah i think maybe melissa mccarthy might be a pretty good version of this i'm trying to think who would be good to play opposite her um Hmm. Oh. Yeah, more more modern, but yeah. Anyway, I, I, I kind of I'm just I'm on the Danny DeVito train. I haven't <laughs> I've been watching so much. It's always sunny. I can't help myself. <laughs> He's great. I do one more thing. I do want to point out about this movie <laughs> is that I really do feel like Angelina Jolie was trying much harder to kill Brad Pitt than Brad Pitt was trying to kill Angelina Jolie. Oh, without question. Like she puts the bomb question. in his uh, jacket. She mm -hmm. detonates the bomb in the elevator to make it crash down. Um, and I think she takes an actual shot at him with a gun before they start fighting. And like, no, there's several times where he should have died. Yeah, but I think she, like Brad Pitt just kind of shows up to a place. Mm -hmm. He's his big like, aha, I gotcha. Oh, yeah. No, he just kind of, he wants to have a conversation. <laughs> he wants to see what's going on. I mean, Angelina Jolie's character kind of has this this morality of like, oh, out of sight, out of mind sort of thing. Like, if I don't see it, it's fine. But if I have to shoot you in the face, I can't do it. Right. <laughs> Which seems weird. <laughs> it's not... Um, if they both, if she seemed even a little more hesitant off the top, I would have liked it better. But she seemed like pretty gung ho. There are moments of like looking of longing. Ooh. <laughs> but she really does like really severely mess him up. Yeah. And it's as soon as they both figure it out. 
Um, I almost would have liked a scene where they do have to sit down and be like, well, I guess we have to kill each other. We don't have any choice. Like they kind of talk themselves into it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I don't know. No, there was none of that. They don't, I do not believe that these are two moral people. Like they even say that uh, they have a scene where they're talking about falling asleep after killing somebody and neither of them, they're like, oh yeah, no, I don't have a problem at all. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you're just two bad people. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's like stage fright. You know, you don't get stage fright anymore. You just walk on yeah. stage and you're fine. Um, so, yeah, for me, it was just watching two bad people. The villain was the same type of person, even though we never see them. I'm like, you just have, you know, bad against bad. You've signed up for this. They're literally doing what that company does. Yeah, and I also would have liked the motivations of those companies to be a little better laid out. You know, like... Oh, absolutely. It seemed pretty much just as, oh, we found out about you, so you're going to have to kill each other, as opposed to, why is that? Is that a compromise? Like, what's the backstory between these two organizations where it is such a bad idea to have one assassin associate with the other? You know, because, like, even in competing companies, even in, I would go so far as to say, even competing criminal organizations, I think there's somewhat of a fraternity there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where you go... Yeah, they're they're the other gang or whatever, but territory disputes aside, we both kind of respect each other for being in the same line of work and having the same kind of, you know, enemies and problems and that sort of thing, you know? Like, I would at least expect there to be a certain level of professional courtesy, I guess, behind that. Yeah, I mean, I... I think another small issue I have with this is that they didn't even need to have somebody be bait. Like, these two organizations control literally every single piece of information these two characters are getting. Yes. Why did you put a physical person there? (laughs) Yeah, why didn't you just say... uh... So if both of them need to be eliminated, it seems like it's a much worse idea to try and send them to go kill each other in case one of them figures it out and then they team up against you, which is exactly what happened, right? Yes. You go, oh, we've both been betrayed by both of our organizations. I guess we're coming after you. It would make way more sense to be like, hey, Brad Pitt, go camp out in this desert somewhere and then hire another assassin to go take Brad Pitt out. Mm, And at the same time... that it was supposed to be sporting. See, but you know what I mean? Because <laughs> they only needed, in these two companies' opinions, they only needed to have one of them gone for sure. Mm. Right? So they only need one of them gone because that's the only issue is that they know about each other and they know, you know what I mean? Um, or that the that you can't have these, like, whatever they're trying to depict here, some f- sort of Capulet fucking, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're from two different... Two, two different houses. sides of the tracks or yeah. whatever. Um, so I think the concept was more to be like, okay, let's see what who's the better one. Yep. I guess you know so. what I mean? Because like if we're two companies and we want to get rid of a problem, um, we can both lose something or only one of us can lose something. And how do you decide that? Yeah, I guess through this competition, essentially. I think it's just, 
I'm going to double down though. I think it's just the dumbest way to do it. <laughs> Cause there's, Oh yeah. There's the chance that they see each other, they figure it out and then they come back at you, which is exactly what happened. Whereas if you just send an individual assassin to take out Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. an individual assassin to take out Angelina Jolie, then we're all set, right? You, set- you know what? <laughs> we might also be being too hard. Cause we also watched the Martian in the same go. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering for our Patreons, we've done uh, The Martian as one of our bonus episodes. Yeah. And I think watching these two movies together. <laughs> Bit of a different energy. Has, has, yeah, really given us a contrast that has maybe made our opinions harsher. <laughs> ah, that's all good. <laughs> Especially when we're talking about plot and problem solving and these sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're... We're thinking uh, bring Brad Pitt back from Mars, not, uh, yeah. sorry, Matt Damon, not <laughs> yeah. kill Brad Pitt. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Any other No, I think, I think I've complained enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what this was today. <laughs> Sweet. So, uh, yeah, so I guess it is time for our definitive rankings of how good the villain is. Uh, Rebecca, what do you got? Um, so, so I've got the celebrity couple scale. Okay, great. Um, so between uh, Benifer and Tom Cat, okay. which is, uh, I, I, I believe we remember who those people are, uh, Ben Affleck and uh, Jennifer um, uh, Gardner. Yeah. Was it Jennifer Gardner? Yeah. Jennifer Gardner, Tom Cruise, um, Katie, what the, what the Katie fuck Holmes. is her last name? Katie Holmes. Uh, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this what it really is, is a Brangelina. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, uh, not not everything's really going right, and we don't really like this plot line. That's how I feel. <laughs> we would have much preferred Jennifer Aniston be in this movie. Uh, oh yeah, put me, drop me in that universe. <laughs> I like that uh, timeline. Yeah, I gave it the uh, the domestic disagreement scale. Um, so on a scale of hogging the sheets. Uh, to a murder suicide, uh, I'm gonna give this. Uh, I'm gonna give the organizations behind trying to kill uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie a solid uh, putting knives in the dishwasher, the sharp side up, uh, because it's an easy situation to avoid. And if you just listened to me, no one would have gotten hurt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's my pet peeve, by the way. Don't put fucking things in putty side up because you reach so in and you're gonna stab funny. yourself. That's Anyway, it feels like an argument I've had with every single girlfriend I've ever had. Uh, really? <laughs> My problem was was I wanted to put everything utility side down. What do you mean? Like so, so like I would put everything down the same way. Like all the knives, the forks and everything like that, and you should really probably put your forks and spoons up instead of in that uh bucket of uh bacteria. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm a firmly put them down so you don't stab yourself when you the number of times I've reached into that and like stab myself on a fork or something where I'm going to mm. yeah. anyway <laughs> <laughs> clearly uh, I am on the losing side of this battle but uh, yeah. guys <laughs> what are we even talking about quarantine quarantine oh, talk <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have we have issues with dishes. 
<laughs> it's my entire life. Uh, but moving right along, uh, before we get to our heroes and villains of the week, there are a couple ways that you guys can uh, help us out the podcast. First of all, uh, if you enjoy us, uh, if you like the podcast, uh, you can tell your friends about it. You can also jump on uh, on whatever your podcast app of your choice is. If you can hit subscribe, uh, rate, and maybe just leave us a quick uh, one-sentence review. That helps us uh, move up in the algorithms, everything like that. Um, if you have suggestions or comments about the show, you can reach out to us at... Uh, VWR podcast on Twitter, uh, villain was right on Facebook, um, or uh, the villain was right at gmail.com. If you have a more than 140 characters uh, to share with us, you can go ahead and do that. And we also have Patreon, yeah. baby. If you want to hit up some extra content, some fun stuff, you can hit us up on Patreon. That's Patreon, uh, what is it, backslash the villain was right? Yeah, patreon.com slash yeah. the villain was right. Exactly. So hit us up there if you want some extra content or if you just want to support a couple of artists sitting around complaining about movies. <laughs> yeah, and as we mentioned off the top, this is this was uh, an audience choice episode. So one of our uh, benefit tiers, you can sign up and uh, every month we have a poll based on uh, movies that listeners like you have suggested. And our, uh, our wonderful donors at Patreon got to choose which one we did. So uh, this month people chose uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So there you go. So if you want uh, to be in on future decisions like that, head on over there and uh, sign up. So there we go. Yes, and now yeah. it's time for uh, hero and villain of the week. Craig, you got us. Uh, you got a hero or villain this week. Yeah, so I got a, a villain who is me. Uh, it's a me villain sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, the reason I thought about this. Um, for this episode was like, okay, so we got Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie pretending like they are different people or pretending they are people that they are not. And uh, this brought up this very minor thing in my life that I think is one of the worst things that I've ever done, or at least one of the things that wow. I can't stop thinking about, um, which is this. So uh, me and my ex, we had a dog when we were together. And uh, when we broke up, she took the dog. Uh, she was a dog walker. It made more sense, all the rest. She didn't live that far, so I, I'd still occasionally see the dog. His name was Sonic. He's a very good boy. He wasn't, but I loved him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so, she, as I said, she didn't live too far from my house, but she also got a roommate at one point who I did not know. Um. So one day I was out just walking on a trail somewhere and I see someone coming from the distance and I look and I go, oh, that looks a little, dog looks a little bit like Sonic. That's my dog. <laughs> and then I looked at the person. I was like, oh, I don't recognize or know the person walking this, uh, my do the, the dog Sonic, right? So in this split moment, I decided I don't want to call out to the dog or pretend like or, or, or draw attention to myself because then Sonic's going to go crazy and he's going to jump and pull and I don't know who this person is and she's going to freak out or something like that, that this dog is coming at me. She won't know why this Sonic's freaking out. So I make the decision where I'm just going to keep walking and pretend like I don't see the dog. And oh. as <laughs> yeah, oh. Rebecca's face right now, I know this is killing me just seeing it. So as I walk by, Sonic like 
is kind of like walking head forward, just like minding his own business. And then all of a sudden he does this like double take where he like looks over and he sees me. And then he looks back again, like frantically, like he's trying to be like, was that you? Was that you? And like kept looking back and I just kept walking and ignored him. And I, (laughs) to this day, regret that. I feel so bad about it to the point where I went home and I texted my ex and I was like, listen, this just happened. I feel terrible about it. She's like, don't worry about it. He's fine. Come over and he's see him. And so, yeah, he'll forgive you. And like part of me thinks that he never really did. Like he's holding on to that as much as oh, I am. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I saw him again since then. And, you know, he seemed very forgiving and all the rest. But I would never do that again. Never. <laughs> what a monster am I <laughs> pretending like I don't know a dog. Oh, God. That's so funny. It, it's sad, though. I get the feeling. It, it sounds so small, but it's not. It eats me up inside to this day. The look on Rebecca's oh face, God. by the way, it looked like... <laughs> As I told her that is exactly how I felt the whole time. But yeah, so I'm the villain of that story. Oh, my God. So I, this week, I have... Um... I guess a villain, but has some some highlights. Let's say that he this individual was an entertaining villain. Okay, and please note that I do not know the whole story, but the snippets that I caught from it were absolutely incredible. So about I think like two years ago, I went on a camping trip uh, with my partner. We went up, and it was one of those ones where you have to canoe into the site, right? Mm-hmm. So you canoe in, and it's like a long canoe, well, also because I kind of got us lost, but we ended up canoeing for like eight hours the first day, right? So big, big day of canoeing, but everybody does that. That's how you get to the campsite, right, is that you canoe over and what have you. So we get over to our campsite, and uh, the next day we're going to go to a secondary site because we thought it'd be fun to try one, have a day canoe over to the second one, set up shop, and then we're good to go. And as we're canoeing over to our second site, I see a man jumping on a singular, like, rock island. Okay, it's very small, very, very small. And he's wearing this, uh, he's wearing a life jacket. And if you ever see a Canadian man, grown man, wearing a life jacket, trust that he is drunk okay trust <laughs> like i've never in my life seen a sober grown man wear a life jacket okay i don't know if this is a canadian thing i understand that it is not necessarily the most safe thing but it is just a fact okay if you're wearing a life jacket it's because you've had far too many beverages and somebody said hey bill okay this is your 12th you know cores like let's just or let's your take water a skiing but the two aren't necessarily mutually exclusive <laughs> Yes, exactly. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. So this guy I'm assuming is, and he's jumping up and down and he's screaming at the top of his lungs. He's going, Cheryl, Cheryl. And he's screaming. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Right? So I need to get a close. I need to investigate a bit at least. Okay. I want to get close enough that I can hear what's going on, but not so close that I get pulled into the action. I don't want to be a part of this guy's whatever's happening, right? So then I look over and I see this woman paddling in a canoe as fast as she can away from this man. Okay, she has abandoned this man on this island and she's leaving. (laughs) Fuck this guy for whatever reason, right? So he's screaming, he's still screaming, Cheryl, Cheryl. Finally, 
um, were coming up, and uh, this this guy in a motorboat, this like uh, this uh, man and this woman in a in a larger motorboat, they were like, okay, uh, they they went and picked him up off the. They're like, what do you need, buddy? Like they're like trying to help him out, and I'm like, oh, this is amazing because I can't believe that you're immediately willing to insert yourself into this. <laughs> so they pick him up. And they're like, where are you trying to go? He's like, I need to catch up to that canoe. Okay, so I'm basically watching the slowest slowest boat chase I've ever seen in my life, okay? This canoe, this woman is paddling away as fast as she can. This boat comes up, drops him off. He belly flops out (laughs) with such confidence. The confidence of a man that's like... Oh, we're about to make up right now. He just belly flops out. He starts paddling towards. He grabs onto the rope that's attached. There's a rope attached to this canoe, and he's grabbed onto it, and his head is bobbing just just <laughs> from behind this canoe, and he's yelling at her. So he's getting like, dragged behind the canoe? Yes, he's getting dragged behind this canoe, screaming, Cheryl, forgive me, Cheryl, it wasn't that bad. Please, please, right? So finally, this woman's tired of the scene, right? She's tired of the scene. She goes, just get the fuck in the boat, right? So he gets in, and she's, she continues to paddle, and she's like, She's hitting him with the oar, and she keeps hitting him with the oar, and she goes, why don't you write that in your stupid little special diary? And I was like, what is this? This, <laughs> this fight is so insane. What is the special diary? What is she talking about, right? She's basically oaring him in the face, not, like, damaging this man. This is not, like, violent, but it is really like, hey, you need to make space. You need to get away from me as far as you can in this canoe, all right? And then, and all of this, and then this was my favorite moment of this, and this is the last point I see these two, and I still do not, to this day, know what happened with these guys. But there's this moment of silence on the boat, and we're kind of behind them. We're, whatever, like 10, 15 feet back. And this guy looks over, and he realizes that there is a campsite full of like 20 to 30 people, and they've all stopped what they're doing, and they're staring at them. (laughs) And this guy just looks at them and he goes, <laughs> he goes, women, am I right? <laughs> oh, dude, fuck, nobody dude. is I, on your side. Nobody is on your side in that situation. Died. I laughed room, so hard. <laughs> fuck, I laughed so hard. They went, uh, as soon as he said that, they went in a different direction than us. But I was like, I was very tempted to just continue to follow them. But I was like, I feel like they're going to know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is amazing. Oh, oh Cheryl, so if you're out there, I hope you broke up with that man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. That's it for me. That guy was, I, I have to assume a villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't get left marooned on an island. You know who gets uh, Napoleon that happened? <laughs> gets left on an island. <laughs> what yeah, he did no. was as bad as what Napoleon did to the British. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. So that's been that's uh that was my villain um for this week. I wanted something a little fun, a little light. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Why not? 
Anyway, um, I think that's it for us. Where can people uh, follow you, Craig? Yeah, you can follow me at uh, Craig Fay Comedy on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, CraigFay.com, um, I'd say for show dates, but, uh, you know, <laughs> don't think that's happening right now. <laughs> so don't even bother checking that out. <laughs> that's why, yeah, I was like, specifically just say follow, because that's really all yeah, we're yeah, doing yeah. out here right now. Um, yeah, and you can, as always, follow me at Rebecca Reads at anything of your choosing. Guys, uh, next week we're going to be doing a very special episode. We're going to be covering Friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, uh, we're going to do one of our TV episodes, and I'm going to be arguing about how I think Ross is the most epic dick of all time. So look forward to that uh, for next week. Uh, that's been us from The Villain Was Right, reminding you to always do a background check. <laughs> the Villain Was Right was produced by Andrew Ivamy for the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as YouTube series, webcomics, and so much more, visit fromsuperheroes.com. <laughs>